interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hey guys, um, today's Halloween. You're probably listening to this the day after Halloween or many days after Halloween, um, but we are dressing Wyland up today. He loves to drum. You know, his dad's a musician, so it's in his genes, and we let him play whatever he wants to play, and we'll see kind of where it goes as he gets older, but right now he loves to drum. He gets both drumsticks, he's super fast, so of course, naturally, I decided he should be Travis Barker for Halloween, so I'm excited to dress him up and make him look cool. Um, but I hope you guys had a good Halloween and you're not dealing with too much of a sugar hangover or any kind of hangover for that matter. Um, speaking of which, Dave and I went out last night for date night and I did have a few glasses of wine, but feeling okay. Um, I take knack, which really helps a lot the day before or the the day of and the day after. If you don't know that trick, check it out. And AC, um, you can get on Amazon or at Whole Foods or any of those places. But anyway, I digress. So today I have Kara Michelle and Kara and I just recently connected. She actually found me and then we we just really clicked. And of course, I find out that she's also a Taurus. Um, her birthday is April 30th, which makes sense. Mine's April 20th. Um, we just really connected and I, I enjoyed talking to her so, so much. We had such a great conversation. Um, and I think that the work that she does is really interesting. Many people don't really um, know a lot about quantum healing and mindset work. So Kara really breaks it down and it was it was just really cool. So I hope you guys find some new information and a different way of looking at things after listening to this episode. Um, so Kara Michelle is a mindset coach, quantum healer, and she's helping people break free from their limits, reprogram their minds and level up their life. After losing her brother, being raped, and having a traumatic car accident, Kara spent the last eight years traveling the world to work with different coaches and healers in search of freedom. Now she's passionate about helping other people leave the past and the pain behind to do the same. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. Excellent. <laughs> Cool. Well, I am here with Kara Michelle, and I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, I feel like, gosh, we could go in so many different directions. <laughs> I love <laughs> when the universe puts people in my path that I just connect with, and and you have so much to offer. And I feel like I know for myself, I'm just kind of exploring the tip of the iceberg when it comes to you know energy work and limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns. And there's so much to explore, but I feel like even more so for others who maybe don't even know that this work exists. So mm. I am, I'm hoping to introduce you and your work to a lot of people who don't know the potential that is out there for them. So thank you yeah. for being here from Mexico. You've yeah. got a... <laughs> beachfront life <laughs> living over there uh, which is awesome because that's what you've manifested so mm -hmm. living the life yeah. of your dreams yeah well and thank you so much for having me I, I'm really excited to to talk about all these things they're mm -hmm. yeah they are so life-changing and I feel like um, it is just starting to be talked about more and more so mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful time to like just understand how these different things can affect us in our lives. Yeah. So for everyone who's listening, um, Karen Michelle is a mindset coach, quantum healer, um, and is helping people break free from their limiting beliefs, reprogramming their minds and leveling up their life, which we all need, whether we realize it or not. <laughs> so I am excited to um, get into it and ask you some questions that I have and that I'm sure others do as well. Mm -hmm. Pull up my, I like to be prepared. My career in human resources has created that, that sense of organization for me. So I always have, it's like my interviewing skills, they never disappear. All right. So tell me, 
where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, so I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada. So like right in the middle of Canada, kind of middle of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is that, what's the weather like there? Is that cold? Freezing. Okay. Freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get like in the winters, we get usually a week or two where it's minus 50. Um, Celsius. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, which which one do you guys use in America? We're Fahrenheit, but that's okay, still so really, yeah, really minus cold. Minus fifty Celsius, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's freezing. Um, so that was interesting <laughs> to grow up and live there, and um, I mean, nice place, but yeah, my childhood, my upbringing, I would say, I, I felt like it was very normal, very average. Um, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, you know, there's a lot of different things that so many of us just feel are normal because of generations and because of, you know, what everyone's taught or societal programming, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So you look back and you're like, well, I can see why that impacted me in the way that it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Like growing up as a kid, you think that's just, this is just, of course it's normal because you have nothing to compare it to. And then as you get older and you like start to peel back the layers, you're like, Oh, Mm-hmm. Huh. that's yeah, not what like, your life was like <laughs> yeah you're like oh you mean you didn't grow up with that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so definitely um yeah looking back I think and all of us have that right we don't realize that's I think part of where my whole fascination for mindset and and um how the subconscious works was just realizing you know these moments in our upbringing that seem maybe small and maybe don't seem like the biggest deal, but we actually can look at, wow, that created a really strong belief or that really mm-hmm. created an insecurity or, you know, a pattern in me that then I did just believe was normal. But yeah. when we can trace it back, we realize like, no, it, it was learned from somewhere. What's an example of something that someone may be able to look back? I heard one, someone was explaining where as a child, she was probably like four years old and she remembered like reaching for something and her parents like yelling, no. And she had said they were probably protecting you from like a light socket or something, but that Mm -hmm. she felt like that taught her not to trust herself. Would that be like a good example of that? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's typically is coming in the form of protection Um, another example, something I like a very random memory that I wasn't even aware of came through like last week. And it was just a a time probably when I was the same thing about four or five years old. And I was super excited one morning and wanted to share something with my dad. And he was really, really stressed, needed to go to, to work because he was running a business. And so he kind of dismissed me and had to leave. And like the amount of pain that I felt of like, oh my gosh, I'm not special or I'm not important enough because he's not here, like listening to me or not sharing in this excitement. And so just some of those things that, yeah, we really don't realize, but they can create such a deeply rooted belief or a lot of money beliefs are big ones too. So how does something like that come into play later in life? So when you remember, and you just remembered this consciously recently, mm-hmm. how do you think that that has impacted some of your thoughts and your beliefs over the mm-hmm. last however many years? Like, how does that actually come into play? Yeah. So for me, I look at, uh, I was doing um, like a quantum healing, like a deep energy kind of session on myself, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit Mm -hmm. later, but I was looking at patterns with the masculine, like with men and kind of looking at this feeling of like, I'm not enough. Like maybe there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with me. Right. And in that I started to see, you know, different relationships, whether it was partnerships or whether it was even just like friendships in school, um, and even coaches, a lot of my coaches for sports were men. And so this feeling of kind of wanting that approval or validation, but never feeling like I'm good enough. And all of a sudden I started to trace it back and kind of had this memory 
flash in my mind and I was like oh wow I didn't have any conscious awareness but this was something that was kind of playing out and so more often than not what we see is a lot of our patterns like where you feel like maybe maybe for some people listening they do keep attracting a partner who always you know treats them a certain way and they're like oh my gosh why can't I why do I keep attracting people like this or boss like that? And you go to a new job and the boss kind of has the same habits and you're like, Mm -hmm. why does this keep happening or following me? We can trace that back to typically multiple experiences in childhood and, and multiple memories like that, where it just kind of created that belief. And it's almost like an imprint then where we're just like, it becomes part of our identity. Wow, that's so interesting. And when you say quantum healing, you're essentially going back in time subconsciously to almost redo that instance. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of go back into this hypnotic state to almost like sort through your subconscious and then identify some of those things as they come up and then almost like reprogram yeah. them in a way. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You can explain it much better, but that's what <laughs> no, I that was actually gathering. <laughs> yeah, no, that was very, very spot on. So there's a lot of different kind of ones you can do or different tools you can use, but that's typically a general overview of it is really looking at these moments that did create like a strong charge or a really strong belief. And then, yeah, in a deep kind of hypnotic state going back, you know, bringing in your higher self and a connection to God or higher power so that you, it's beautiful because you realize, okay, this experience didn't mean what I thought it meant. Even like um, the other woman you said who, you know, it didn't mean that she couldn't trust herself. It was that, you know, her parents were trying to protect her, support her. So by bringing in you know, really loving energy and and some higher powers as well. It helps us see things differently. And then we can shift that whole experience to see like, oh, uh, my dad was just trying to protect me or he was just busy for work and had nothing to do with me. And he still loved me so much, right? And I can kind of program in that feeling, that energy of love, that you know, new belief of, oh, yeah, I am special, I am worthy. And um, that's where a lot of those deep shifts come from. That's amazing. It's so cool to think that you can kind of go back and have a redo. Yeah, it's really powerful. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. There's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, But okay, so childhood, fairly normal, you know, living in the cold. And then (laughs) You decided to, so you spent eight years traveling the world, almost every continent. Mm -hmm. I know that you had um, a few traumatic experiences that I'm guessing led you to the desire to travel, to see the world, to get outside of, you know, the norm and and all of that. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit? I don't, you know, with whatever you're comfortable with um, as Mm -hmm. to how you came to the decision. That's quite a courageous decision to leave home and travel the world mostly alone too I'm sure it was scary (laughs) what pushed you to kind of push through that fear and to go explore in the way that you did yeah yeah um if you know travel is an interesting one for me where it's actually something I never had much fear around I think my desire was always just so big like really wanting to see as much of the world as I can. Um, So, so the biggest push though, was definitely uh, from the different traumas. So the first, uh, when I was 18, my brother passed away from an allergic reaction to a prescription drug. Mm. And that was really like, you know, seeing how life happens fast and, nothing is promised or guaranteed. We don't really know how long we've got. And as much as I I had to spend a lot of time grieving, definitely. But in the process, it also made me feel extra inspired to do things that I I did love instead of, you know, struggling in university and not sure what I wanted to do. And 
um, yeah, just kind of doing what I thought was normal or expected, mm -hmm. but it wasn't bringing me happiness. So that was kind of the first push. So I started like a few of my first uh, solo trips um, about a year after he passed away and started doing some different volunteering abroad to kind of like get myself out and, and give back and be of service and find some meaning in my life. Um, and then fairly soon after that, I was raped at my university and very soon after that, I was driving across Canada and hit black ice on the highway. And then I flipped and I rolled four times oh and had, um, had like an out of body experience in that. And at that point I already had started some of the spiritual work and looking into it and, um, life after death, different stuff with the grieving process. So all of these things just really sent me like on a deep mission <laughs> because I was like, I don't know how to handle what's happened. And I don't want to stay stuck in the pain either because it was just yeah. too heavy to sit in it. So I was, I would say it was, it was a big desperation for finding my way to the other side that then I was like, I'm going to take off. And yeah, I started started traveling and just doing so many things off my bucket list, as well as working with tons of different coaches and healers and trying to absorb as much as I could to, to find a way through. Amazing. Wow. It's so incredible that you were able to kind of, you talk about this too, shift your mindset from, you know, feeling like a victim, which I think you have every mm. right to feel like, and so many mm. people do, but it's almost like there's a time limit on it. And then you need mm. to figure out what's next and what's after that. And how do you think you were able to do that? What, what shifted things for you? Cause you talk a lot about, um, you know, being able to move away from that victim mindset and that that was keeping you stuck. And, you know, that things started to open up for you after that. How did you figure mm -hmm. out how to do that? Yeah, I think, I think at that point I started to look at some people in like my parents' generation and older generations. And I started to notice how, how people were very identified with their past, mm -hmm. whether it was like positive or negative uh you know we meet people who they're in their 50s or 60s and they're still like I played college basketball or yes. I did this and they're still or like I was a you know all-star in this or honor roll like they're still yeah. identified with that yeah. past or it's the negative and they're still kind of looping through the frustration or like so-and-so did this and how dare they. Right. And they're holding yeah. on to something that doesn't really matter anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think I started to kind of, because of my fascination with how our minds work, I started to notice that. And then I really, I just realized, okay, I don't want to be that person who's who is sitting in this and replaying it every day because then I know I'm gonna feel worse and I will just stay as the victim and um, I also started to notice that then there were certain things like I because I was feeling so stuck you know all I saw each day was the things that were going wrong so I was more focused on the negative in general and I just started to realize I want to shift even tiny bit here and there where I can to, to create a more positive life because it's really easy to find things to complain about. It's really easy to find things that we wish were different. Um, but then we're creating more suffering by staying in it. It's so true. It's interesting that you say that when you look back at previous generations and, and, people that are a little bit older who you know because that does seem to be so common to grasp mm -hmm. onto something whether it's positive or negative and to hold on to that for dear life <laughs> rather than continue to evolve and grow and learn and like it's almost like there was 
a hesitation to change. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to label yourself and you better stick to it because if you don't, we yeah. can't trust you. We don't know who you are. We need to know who you are. And that that's just not so true. true. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. there's just this fear around it. Like you can't mm-hmm. change, you know, yeah. it's interesting that you point that out. Cause I can, yeah. you know, now I'm thinking through many people <laughs> you know, and the things that they hold on to, but yeah. we all, I think we all do it. So that's amazing that you were able to kind of recognize that and then take the little, the littlest, tiniest steps because you don't go from mm-hmm. A to Z, you know, you don't go from where you were after you flipped your car to, mm-hmm. you know, the probably enlightenment that you found and the lightness eight years later, it's just, you know, you just yeah. take those little steps and you decide each day how you're going to make that day just a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like piece by piece and totally just realizing we have the power. And I think that's where also when you have different hardships, you do feel like a victim of circumstance and you feel Mm. out of control and powerless. And so then that makes it even easier, I think, to stay in the pain But if you choose to kind of take that power back and you're like, no, you know what, no matter what's happened, I still deserve to feel good. And I still want to, you know, achieve X, Y, Z or go travel or start this or, you know, feel good, whatever it is, just realizing that we have that choice, no matter what the circumstances to keep making that and kind of creating that reality, I guess. Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm. Wow, there was um, I heard there was a story. Uh, it's a, a story that I I've heard many times, and I can't remember who it was or where I heard it, but it it was essentially, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but it just the principle <laughs> is there. It was a woman in I think a concentration camp, and she lost her her family, her her parents, her brother, and she always throughout years and years and years carried around a piece of bread and a broken comb. Have you heard that story? And I I think it was like, yeah, like when she was old, 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 so she survived and her great grandson or someone asked her why those were the things that were important to her at the time. And she said with the piece of bread, she always had something to give to someone else. And with the broken Mm -hmm. comb, she always had a way to, you know, basically take care of her own self. And those were just kind of those little, you know, you can, you can always Mm -hmm. find, a way to look at something Mm. differently. You know, it's what you choose in that moment, no matter how good or how bad things are. I'll have to look that up because it's a much better story. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I love that though. And it's, it's beautiful because also it just shows the testament of still being of service, like taking Mm -hmm. care, something to take care of herself, which is Mm -hmm. so important. And, and we need to, in order to show up our best for anyone else, but then also something to be able to give and, and share and yeah. serve. So that like, that's yeah. really beautiful. I'm going to look mm-hmm. that up after too. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good one. Cause at first I was listening to it and I'm like, well, the piece of bread, that's good. So she won't starve. But then I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. look at me. Like being super selfish, <laughs> you know, like, no, that was for, like you said, the gift of service. Like how yeah. incredible is that? Um, mm-hmm. You just made me think of that. So when you were traveling for these years, what do you think the, you know, what are some of the biggest things that you learned about yourself during your travels? Mm-hmm. I would say one of the first ones I learned was that even though you have, you can travel and you can go all the way around the world, your problems still come with you. So, <laughs> yes. you know, you can't really escape them, which again, fueled all of the work that I started to do, um, as well as, um, I think it deepened my empathy a lot and being able to experience different cultures, you know, meet people all around the world, see all these different circumstances Mm -hmm. constantly helped me to put my own stuff in check too, because it's so easy again, when we're just sitting or stuck in our, our circumstance or our pain, it does feel like it's the worst possible thing. But when we get out there and see other, other people or different experiences, hear what they've gone through, then it really does put it 
into perspective, I think, and realizing we're not alone. Like everyone has gone through something challenging. And yeah. um, so that also, yeah, that was beautiful. And, and just learning, learning how to have fun. I think learning how to enjoy this life because it is so easy to, to stay serious or yeah, stressed or any of that. So getting out of that comfort zone and trying to find more play. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like you were humbled and you learned how to enjoy your life again. And that's Mm -hmm. incredible. I love that. Amazing. I, that's just really cool. I like traveling by myself too. I feel like you, and I love immersing myself in another culture. Not that I've been able to do it very often, but you know, staying Mm -hmm. like or the, you know, in a neighbor, like you do an Airbnb. So you're, you know, living like a local and not at, Mm -hmm. you know, on a resort or where, you know, it's vacation. You're like living life in the way that the people who live there also live life. I think that's really cool. What was your favorite place? Oh, there's no way I could choose. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I think like Australia, Bali, and Sri Lanka were probably my top three. India was up there though. I loved India. Yeah. They're all beautiful for their own reasons. Yeah. When you were traveling and I think maybe some people can take a bit of this into their daily life, you know, you obviously don't have a home base necessarily or a sense of, you know, a routine like we have when we're home and we're kind of going through our you know regular day. How did you kind of maintain a routine for yourself when there were probably a lot of things that were unpredictable or unknown. Um, I think looking at that on a bigger scale might be able to help someone on, you know, a smaller scale where let's say they have planned to go to, you know, work out and work and pick up their kid and their kid gets sick and they have to pick the kid up Mm -hmm. and they don't get to work out. How did you navigate that and create a routine for yourself out of, you know, things that were very different and, and unpredictable in a way. Does that make sense? Am I asking that in the right way? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. <laughs> I think um, it's it's hard to answer because in a sense, I so I'm a tourist, so we love structure. Yes. <laughs> Are you? Yes. What's I wondered if you would be. I'm April 30th. On the 20th. How funny. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the structure, the stability is definitely something that I, I need. So creating it has always been maybe a little bit easier for me than, than some people. Um, But I know just like as a, a little like tip or hack for anyone who struggles with it. One thing that has always helped me is you know, if I already have one thing that is a part of my routine, like how can I compound something else into that? Right. So if you always have your morning coffee, you know, how can you add something in while you're drinking that coffee instead of like watching the news or, or reading the paper, you know, focus on something that makes you feel good and kind of attach that in. So it's a lot easier to keep that routine. Whereas if we're trying to just create structure from nothing, I think it can be really challenging to, to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers it. It does. But... That's actually a great tip. I love that. I, I always say habit stacking, like stack yes. something onto an existing habit. So I love that you're also reinforcing that. Because yeah. <laughs> that's one of the easiest things you can do if you want to make, you know, a small change is mm-hmm. to use something you're already doing, something that's already ingrained and that comes easy to you. It's just a habit, even if it's yeah. brushing your teeth or like you said, yeah. drinking your coffee, like use that to your advantage. I love that. And you can do that anywhere. If you're in Bali, yeah. if you're in India, if you're in Canada, if you're, yeah. you know, in Mexico, anywhere that you are, you can always do that. And I think little yeah. rituals are helpful. Like just having something that feels calming to you. If that's like, mm-hmm. you know, a certain, I don't know, maybe like a certain sequence of events. Like I like to do, I'll do brush my teeth first, then lemon water, then coffee, then my gratitude mm-hmm. journal. And it has to be in that order, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I was yeah. traveling, like I would still like to do those things in that order even if the yeah. rest of my day was like completely yeah. like, you know, not planned out and structured, but yeah. then again, you're right. Maybe it is the Taurus in us. 
it could be, it could be, but I think, yeah, our mornings are so important for setting up the day. I know that's like my, my crucial time as well, where I'm like, I do these things every day. So Mm -hmm. there it's like kind of become a non-negotiable. Um, but I know with travel that was hard. So then sometimes it just became, how can I even make like five minutes for this? Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't have the hour that I had somewhere else or, uh, for someone who, yeah, suddenly now you're picking up your kids from school and all of a sudden your time is crunched. It's like, how can we just condense that to still have those five minutes of peace or, you know, just visualization or connecting to your breath or anything Mm -hmm. that helps you feel recharged or grounded or more supported. Yeah. It's almost like, I like to think of it sounds like you do this too, is to have a toolbox. So you have this Mm -hmm. toolbox of things that you can choose from at any given time on a different day, depending on what time, how much time you have, what you need that day. So it's almost like, okay, you wake up, you have an hour, you can pick these things. If you wake up and you have 15 minutes, you still have this toolbox. What do you think, what are some of the things that you would consider in your toolbox? So you mentioned like visualization, um, Mm -hmm. meditation, what are, what else? I'm trying to think, yeah. maybe we give some people some tips some some inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got a calendar right beside here with my self-care kind of stuff that I do each day. So yeah, I would say like, uh, I mean, breath work is something I love, yoga or um, like the foam roller to mm-hmm. like loosen up. Yeah. Um, you know, affirmations, meditation, um, like... 55 times five. Have you ever heard of that? It's like a little manifesting journal practice. It's um, basically you write 55. So you'd have your, your affirmation of what you're manifesting, whatever you're calling in and writing it in the present tense. So I usually go, I'm so happy and grateful for blah, 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 and write out what I'm calling in. And basically you're writing it 55 times and you do that five days in a row and it really helps you start to like program that in and seeing that and feeling that and allowing yourself. I mean, that's so easy because it's just writing one page so we can totally make time for that with our coffee or whatever. And that's really cool. I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to that. So 55 times five. So you write the exact same sentence yeah, 55 sentence. times yeah. for five days in a row very mm-hmm. cool I love yeah. that I'm gonna try yeah that. and then really as you're doing it not only are you like mentally kind of planting that into your mind but if you allow yourself to feel and like really get in that energy which is why starting it with I'm so happy and grateful helps because you're already like ooh, yeah okay or like oh I'm so yeah. excited that I have this thing and it allows you to bring that energy piece in, um, which helps us manifest faster too. So little, little hack for yeah. everyone out there, go start manifesting. Yes. I love that. I want to see all of your oh, tag us so that we can see all of your 55 <laughs> times fives. So that yes. kind of goes along with like the abundance mindset versus a lack mindset, because if you're already acting mm. and thinking in a way that you have this, then you're yeah. activating that like abundance mindset rather than like, Oh, I'm never going to get this. Like I'm not going to have totally. enough, enough of this or enough of that. And you're living in that, that lack mindset, yeah. which then just attracts lack. Yeah. Right. You're, so you're, you're literally kind of like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're, no, no, go ahead. You're, <laughs> you're literally opening yourself up to possibilities with it. So exactly. It's like the abundance you're in the energy where you can be open to receive it. Whereas most of us spend our time in a really closed off energy where we're like constricted, we're like, oh, it's not going to work or it has to happen this way. It's going to be really hard. Um, I don't see it yet. And we're constantly like closing in. And so how can the universe or God or whatever higher power we believe in, how can it bring it to us if we're like a closed door, right? Whereas that practice that 55 times five helps you get in the energy of already having it helps you be open where you're maybe more keen um like to notice the the opportunities around you you see the possibilities 
And yeah, that openness is what allows things to start to actually come in because it can manifest so easily and so quickly as long as we're open to it. It's really about like getting ourselves in that space. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that you've ever manifested? Ooh, good question. Um, I just recently manifested a partnership with Gaia and that's probably like one of my favorites. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) That's a big deal. Yeah. So you put that out there and into the Mm -hmm. universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, been on my board, like on my radar for a while now. So that was probably, and then a lot of my travel, I would say in my business stuff, so there's lots, but, but that's probably one of the biggest ones Very or cool. um, manifested uh, my dream job working with elephants years ago. And that was another one where everyone was like, ah, how you're not going to do it. And it's not possible and all the limits. And I was just like, I'm going to block these out and stay in my little bubble and trust and believe. And this opportunity came up and I applied And I kind of was like, I don't know if I'm qualified, but I'm going to go for it anyway and just be in a good energy if it's meant to be. Um, And then I ended up spending, um, I spent about six months working there at an elephant sanctuary. How cool. What were you doing? You were just kind of working with, were they injured? I guess if they were at a sanctuary, they were, they were saved. Were they circus animals or injured animals? They had been privately owned. So some were like temple um, elephants, some were working elephants, and it was basically like a retirement, like a retirement home. So they got to come and be there instead. And so uh, I was managing like the volunteer, I was like a volunteer coordinator managing all of the international volunteers. And then, um, you know, each day getting to take care of the elephants, help with feeding, washing, like vitamins and and cleaning up and everything. What a spiritual experience, because that's something that's just like larger than life. Like you are at their mercy and they're just these incredible, like enormous living Mm -hmm. things. How cool. Yeah, Yeah, it was beautiful. I learned that was, that was a very amazing learning experience too, because there's such such gentle giants and and just their energy and love like I really could feel it being around them so it was very cool oh my gosh that's amazing and you're right you know other people are probably like oh my god that's such like a childhood dream of course you want to work with elephants like that'll never happen but that's cute you know yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) especially being from the middle of Winnipeg they're all like (laughs) they're like middle of Canada they're like yeah okay you're gonna work with elephants like yeah and you did call me when that happens and then I was like oh hey (laughs) guess what I love that see that and that just goes to show you the power of believing it almost I was thinking Mm -hmm. about you today and I was thinking about manifestation and how a lot of it is around your beliefs and just some people achieve things that seem extraordinary to us because they just believe it. And I was laughing because mm. I was thinking about, you know, those kids, like, let's say, okay, the guy in high school who was always going to be like somebody who was going to go to LA <laughs> and he always wore ridiculous sunglasses. And he was like the promoter, <laughs> right? He was going to be like an actor, or like an Ari Gold or something. And you always would be like, oh my God, please. But then you did. Yeah. Because he <laughs> believed it the whole time. He believed yeah. that, like he created, he manifested that. He never had any doubts, even though everyone Mm. else did. He believed that. And then he actually went and did it. And it's just a matter of like, your beliefs are so incredibly strong that you can make anything happen. It's just so, Mm. it's so cool. It's so crazy to me. Like when you actually just kind of look around and that's, you know, you wanted to work with elephants and you Mm -hmm. taking the steps to apply that makes it real. Even seeking out, you know, the the sanctuaries to apply to and starting to think about how would I get there? When would I go? You know, who would watch my dog? Like those kinds of Mm -hmm. things make it a reality. It's so cool. Yeah. It's such a beautiful balance of like mind, body, and soul because yeah, you have to have the belief and the mindset and then you have to take the physical action. um, Hopefully from just an aligned and inspired place of exactly what you said, like the practical steps 
and then the soul like that energetic side and and embodying it yeah it's it's just such a beautiful balance of all those things so you are an energy healer reiki master which i have a question reiki master is that like are there levels in reiki are you reiki certified and then reiki master or is that just what a reiki Mm -hmm. practitioner is called i'm just curious for my own knowledge yeah yeah there's different levels and then the reiki master is that i could certify someone else oh i could actually um i never i total transparency I've never done that and I never really intended to but it was more just like to keep learning about Reiki and and understand it a bit more but um yeah yeah that's what that is can you tell everyone what energy healing is what quantum healing is what you know um I think you mentioned in one of your videos that I watched about your mind being like a computer can you mm-hmm. kind of maybe just walk everyone through what, what that even means and how we can use that and kind of manipulate that in a good way for our own well-being? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, looking at our minds as a computer and seeing that it really is just something that operates on a programming. So even how I mentioned before, the way that a trauma or a painful experience can create that belief where now we believe something to be true about ourselves or something to be true about the world um, or, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, all men are evil or something like silly, but something that a lot of people have heard or, or felt that can create kind of like a pattern and and that becomes just a part of our belief system what we believe to be true and so when we look at how our minds work and so many aspects like I won't go super deep into it but it is designed to look for more proof of what it already believes so if you already believe that money doesn't grow on trees your brain is programmed to see more proof of that and basically validate that every single day. So the second you go to pay for something and there's no change in your purse or that you see something, you know, happening over there and someone's like, I don't know, doing something with money. Like your brain is literally looking for proof of scarcity or proof of that lack. Is that like the red car theory? Like if you buy a red car, you see a red car everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like once it's something that you're kind of focused on, then um, it it just becomes like that constant searching for it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so that's where with the whole reprogramming, it's kind of, it is, it's the awareness of what are we, what's our current story? What's the current programming that's playing out every day? of, you know, our day-to-day things where we're just not even aware of these thoughts, what's the focus and how's it making us feel? And then looking at how we can shift that, how we can focus in on different things that actually empower us or support us with our goals and help us um, become who it is we want to be. Because the current programming has gotten us to where we currently are and if we're happy to stay there, then it's perfect. And we can mm-hmm. stay in that programming. But if we want something different, we're going to need to shift, shift those beliefs and kind of create that new programming. So I look at it as like, just like a computer needs a software upgrade <laughs> or yeah. an update. It's the same with our minds as we keep growing and evolving. Um, so that's kind of the mind piece. And then the energetics and the energy healing work I think is just very deeply intertwined because our beliefs naturally affect how we show up and what we're kind of embodying, how good we're feeling or how bad we're feeling, the energy that we're giving off. If it's like, like you mentioned, is it an energy of lack or is it an energy of abundance? And and, um, are we closed off? Are we open to these things? So that kind of coincides with it. So it's different than, so the, the kind of programming of your mind and the energy are separate, but they work together. That's, that's how I would say it. Yeah. And, and energy healing. So the quantum healing work, 
especially does work with our subconscious mind. So it allows us to really go into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say it's dealing with, since it's dealing with the quantum field, it's kind of dealing with that field of energy, right? The energy that connects all of us and yeah, yeah, kind of transcends like time and um, the physical 3D reality. We're looking at like the bigger picture behind it all. It's hard for me to grasp that concept. Like whenever I hear, I think of like Quantum Leap, like the show back in the nineties, mm. I think it was. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I have like, I don't know if it's like this resistance or that, like I understand it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's too overwhelming to, to mm-hmm. comprehend in a way. Like it, it's just yeah. too much. Like I can't go down that path because I'll get mm-hmm. lost, you know? Like, yeah. it's so it's so like, it's weird. I have like this weird, I don't know. It like makes me nervous in a way. It's like scary yeah. to go down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you heard it's of, interesting. yeah, there's like the different kind of particle theories with, with the quantum field oh, and stuff. Yeah. Have you heard of any of that? No, tell me, what is that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically what my favorite one, cause there's a few, but my favorite one is like, they took one particle. So like one atom, and split it into two. So it's basically, you know, it's the same thing. It's just been basically cut in half, right? And they sent them in this little tube, like they sent them way, way, way far apart from each other. And this really and happened. This is true. This, this really, is, yeah, okay. this is a study. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have prefaced with that. I didn't know if it was like in theory or if just let me tell you this okay. really, yeah, interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, so this so is this a real okay. Yeah, this is a proven study. So they split the particle, they sent it in opposite directions. I forget how far, but like very far away from each other. And this like the split second, like the nanosecond that they affected one of the particles, the other one responded at the exact same time. So what that kind of showed in terms of energy was just how like we are all energetic beings and everything in the world is made up of energy and these moving particles. And it shows how our energy does affect, you know, other people or other things. Um, It's kind of like the butterfly effect of if a butterfly flaps its wings over here, it could cause the, like a tsunami somewhere yeah over there right yeah um so seeing that there is no separation it exists it happens at the same time it's affected at the same time which tying into practical manifestation that's why that whole premise of acting as if and embodying the wish fulfilled like embodying that you already have your manifestation so Um, for me before Mexico I had no plans to come to Mexico but I was really really in this grateful energy and excited about being somewhere warm by the beach being open to what that's going to look like and feeling or kind of acting as if that already was the reality and then all of a sudden these things fell into play and it was like boom that's where you're going to go next and Um, so yeah, it's like manifesting more money instead of being focused on the lack and feeling like, oh my gosh, it's not in my bank account. I'm so frustrated. It's like, get yourself in the energy of abundance of what it would be like to already have it because then you're, you're aligning with that energy. So you're basically Mm -hmm. like, now you can be that vibrational match for the other parts, right. To bring it in interesting wow Mm. it's so interesting and how when people do this energy work and they do reiki healing and things like that how can that benefit their day-to-day life like what kinds of changes do you see with the people that you work with I know that you work with a number of clients and you know I, I think people are probably curious as to like how that could actually impact them like what could they get mm-hmm. out of something like this if this is new to them 
Yeah, Whereas it's definitely. very cool. Like you could manifest, you know, a completely different life, something like mm-hmm. a move, moving to a warmer climate, the work that you do, whether it's, you know, another company as an accountant or working with elephants, you know, um, in another country. But even in the day to day, I think there's a lot of value that, mm. that you can get. Can you explain a little bit about that too? Yeah, I think like the day to day benefits, the biggest things I would say is you know, our overall quality of life and overall happiness and kind of peace of mind, the more, for me, at least, and what I've seen with my clients is the more we do that, that energy work, the lighter, that's probably the Mm. best way to say it, like the lighter you become, because you're not feeling so stuck or weighed down by the stress or the problems you've, you know, encountered or, all these different things or the beliefs, you know, the better we feel each day mm-hmm. and that, that higher vibration that we get into. Yeah. It's, it's really just about becoming lighter and yeah. yeah. It sounds like it almost just makes life easier. Like you're aligning mm-hmm. instead of working against. Yeah. Totally, totally. So even if you're, you know, still working at a job that you're not super happy with, for example, but if you're doing energy healing, um, that's going to affect, again, your mind, body, soul, that's going to affect you personally. So sometimes I like to think of it um, and very visual. So I'll think of like kind of this bubble of light around me or like your aura or just your energy field but you could just literally call it a bubble. That's fine too. And, you know, think about if you're struggling, that bubble's heavy, it's probably dark. It's kind of like gloomy and dreary. And so when you go to work, if you already don't like your job, you're bringing that with you and it's just going to make everything worse. You're not going to enjoy anything. Um, You know, you're driving there, you're stressed out, you're annoyed, right? All of these things that come with you. But the more you work on yourself and you do clear out that energy and find more balance, more peace, more harmony, now your bubble becomes lighter, which changes how you show up, changes how you interact with people, changes the way they trigger you or stress you out, the way you handle everything happening. Uh, You're able to see more, more things with gratitude and make the most of the job, even if you don't love it right and and that lightness that different energy you're showing up with again also allows you to then attract better things better people uh, more money all of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff because um I think we've all been in a situation with someone who's like a negative Nancy and they're just like really down and and really and it's not someone that attracts you you're not attracted mm-hmm. to go spend time with them or to sit with them. Um, yeah. And the same is, is with just energy in general. So the more we're in like this light energy, the more people and things we do attract to ourselves. That's so interesting. I remember when I, when I lived in Philadelphia, this was probably like 10 years ago and I was working in a job that I was very unhappy, very unhappy, very unhealthy, just very, everything was very toxic and I just was not making great choices, even though I thought on the surface I was, um, you know, a a juice cleanse can't fix everything, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was not nice to people. Like I was, I had this just air of rudeness, you know, and it would be whether I was driving or walking past somebody on the sidewalk and they were walking too slow and in my way, or, mm-hmm. you know, or at Starbucks, the person who was making my coffee didn't make it fast enough, or God forbid, they gave me the wrong order. Like I was yeah. going to be that person to like <laughs> put them in their place. And that impact that that has on that person, the next person they interact with their yeah. family when they go home. And I think that we don't realize that, that, you know, that emotional wake, if you will, that just mm. kind of filters through. So when on the flip side, when you're feeling lighter and you're doing some of the work like this and you aren't mm. triggered by all these things and you are open to just that compassion and that kindness and to, you know, the, the different way of interacting with people as, you know, as if you're one whole, instead of just these separate parts working against each other, I think that yeah. it makes such a difference in, 
in your, the way that you feel, but also the way that like you interact with the world. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And that's something else I wanted to ask you about. I know that we're, we're kind of, it, the hour goes by so fast. <laughs> I could do this forever. It does. Um, but I want to be respectful of your time. But one last thing I wanted to ask you about was you mentioned that the, you know, you're, you're basically made up of the, the five people that you spend the most time with or interact mm. with. Um, can you just kind of touch on that a little bit? Like, how does that actually you know, infiltrate who you are and who you become. Yeah, yeah, totally. So again, I forget who said that and, and like who quoted and and kind of studied or summarized it, but yeah, we look at our environment, whether it's people or just physical environment, but yeah, the five people you spend the most time with, you think about if they're very negative, if they're very limiting, if they don't believe that, you know, something different is possible, how is that going to rub off on you? Because even if you have the opposite beliefs, it's, it is, it's very constricting again, and it's, it's not going to feel like expansive or possible. It's not going to feel safe to like dream big around Mm -hmm. that. And so more often than not, we see people who, who are unfulfilled and they're not chasing after their dreams. And the biggest reasons they're not doing it is because a family member, you know, didn't believe in them or their friends weren't really supporting or saying it was possible. And Mm -hmm. that environment was so limiting that then they just believe that to be true. And they're like, well, I guess, I guess my parents must be right or my friends or so-and-so. And so I'm not even going to try it. And that's what can keep, keep us stuck. Right. Whereas you when look that's at not people. Even true. Yeah, it's not even true. And then you look at people who have this beautiful supportive network or community. You have a couple people who believe in you, who are cheering you on and, and like, yeah, you've got this. Let's do this. I believe in you. You can, yeah, you can do that. You can manifest that you deserve that. And it's uplifting and supporting you in that dream that confidence, that belief, all of that's going to be so much easier for you to hold Mm -hmm. when the people around you are, yeah, cheering you on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important to pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. Yes. Yeah. It's like really energy, (laughs) energy audit of are these people. um, And, and I've had some of some very longstanding friends uh, who naturally we just started to drift because it was like they didn't understand what I was doing or and couldn't really support me and I wasn't willing to let it hold me back because I was kind of like ah like I can't if I stay in this and believe what they're saying is possible for me I'm going to be stuck and really unhappy meanwhile I'm desiring these things over here so sometimes it is about separating and taking that step away, but it's liberation because Mm -hmm. then you get to fully follow what you're passionate about, what you're called to. And then you, you find the people who are on that same path and then, then you can support each other and and understand each other that way too. Amazing. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's so important to not be afraid of growth you can evolve, you can change, you can outgrow things, you can try new things, you can go against the grain, you know, it's just so important to just try, you know, not stay stuck. Well, thank you so, so much. Where, where can everyone find you if they want to, if, you know, if if everyone listening, which I'm sure they will, has decided (laughs) now that they need to find you and work with you, how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, Instagram is a great place. So uh, my Instagram is real Kara Michelle. Um, that would be the first one or um, definitely my website is karamichelle.co. And that's another place as well to connect. And um, I've got, I know we kind of referred to it a little bit, uh, a really deep mindset training that if anyone's looking for more help and dives into that environmental piece too, with our five, five people and how important that is. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would love to, to send that to people as well, send that their way yeah. and, and help them. Yeah. And I'll put those links in the, in the show notes as well. So we'll have your oh, okay. Instagram linked and your website linked. And I 
um, I watched your video and I thought it was fantastic. So I highly recommend it. If anyone's listening, take some time. Um, I did it before bed last night, which was really nice because I feel like it put me in a good just mindset, like subconsciously mm. to go to a good place. So thank you. Yeah. For that. <laughs> yeah you're Very welcome. Cool. Well, I yeah. expect that you and I will be in touch again soon. And I thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. This was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it was so amazing. I love your amazing interviewer. This was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen. And I will see you soon.